Jamie Murphy is off to a very good start at the Masters Grand Slam event after my big brother, the the man who I look up to, Scott Graham, assured the world that he had no chance at the playoffs. Yeah, zero chance, Sean, but, uh, you know, uh, I still he's not going to win, so don't even worry about it. <laughs> so, uh, so... The master, welcome to Game of Stones, everybody, uh, to the show. Scott is alongside, as always, of course. On our episode last week where we previewed the Masters, Scott was very, very sure that Jamie Murphy had no chance here. I laid out the way in which Jamie Murphy could make the playoffs, and I tweeted this today. Never count out Jamie Murphy early in a week. I don't care who he's playing. Jamie Murphy is one of the best at figuring out the ice early on. Any deficiency or any gap in talent, Jamie Murphy early in a week has a way of making up for that by being the first one to figure out the ice. He beat Glenn Howard in his first game by a score of 6-2, to two, lost to Kevin Cooey, but it took an amazing run back for Kevin Cooey to win the game against Jamie Murphy. So do you have anything to say to the people, Scott? Hey, Sean, listen, I'm I'm a guy, I remember what I say. I'm, I'm like Tony Kornheiser, I remember what I say. And, uh, yeah, I, I know that I said they have zero chance and they're not going to win any games. And you know what? Uh, as we speak right now, Sean, they're one and two. So, you know, uh, okay, he he beat Glenn Howard's team who, who clearly have not figured it out. They, they're having a terrible uh, week so far, 0-3, oh, and, and I don't think it's even been close. But... Yeah, they were hanging with uh, Kevin Cooey, and I was uh, following along there on on Curling Zone at work, and I tweeted out a picture of me uh, <laughs> as as they were laying one in the last end, and yeah. I went, "Uh oh, the the file." I named the picture file. Uh oh. <laughs> uh, so yeah, you know, I was I was sweating it a little bit, but uh, all's right with the world, and you know, mad respect to Team Jamie Murphy for. Uh, put on a good show for the for the hometown fans. Yeah, so good job for them. Now, they have to play tomorrow morning. A lot of you may be listening to this after this game takes place, but on Friday morning, Eastern time, they are playing, maybe Atlantic time too, uh, they are playing Stefan Wallstead, which is be their third game, the Wallstead team, and Jamie Murphy's fourth, fourth game, game, just the way the draw <clears throat> falls. Wallstead is 0-2, so far, Jamie Murphy wins that game. He's 2-2. Two two. That bodes well for a potential playoff spot here, just in looking at the number of teams who already have two or three losses yeah. in this event. As we record this, if Jamie Murphy wins this game, the guaranteed, the Scott guarantee, no chance of making the playoff team, will have a very good chance of making the playoffs. Well, do we have a, a, a rule about tiebreakers, Sean? Tiebreakers don't count as playoffs, right? you got to make that final eight. Okay, but you know what? I don't want to diminish the accomplishment of the Jamie Murphy team 
at all. Fair enough. Congratulations on winning one game so far. Way to go. So, and, and, <laughs> and taking the Olympic representative to the last stone. Jamie Murphy, yes, Jamie Murphy is not a threat to win a briar, but Jamie Murphy will give you good games as he goes, and he's fun to watch. You know what? You're right. You're 100% right. He's very fun to watch. They're, they're a fun team to watch. Uh, I'm not trying to diminish their accomplishments in any way, uh, uh, but, but you know, uh, it's a good use of the sponsor's exemption, having yes. this team there. 100%. And uh, good on them. I hope they make it, and I hope they win the whole event, and I look like a stupid idiot, and... Uh, you make me do something silly on uh, Instagram or something. Yeah, that would be great. So, uh, so otherwise, on the men's side here at the Master Scott, we're two days into it, or two and a bit days into it. It started Tuesday night. We're recording this Thursday night, which is also when we're releasing it. And I don't know, nothing really has jumped out at me. If you look at the different pools here, uh, Brad Gushu hasn't lost yet. Reed Crothers is 2-1. and one. Nicholas Edin, 3-0. and That's a good sign for them. They obviously yep. won the event a few weeks ago overseas and now back here. So it looks like they might be getting their season on track after a very rough start to the year for them. Kevin Cooey is 3-0. and Perhaps not surprising there. Bruce Mowat's team also 3-0. and But as we talked last week, that pool is not the strongest pool in the world. But you got to beat who's in front of you. That'll be a very interesting game tomorrow between Kevin Cooey and Bruce Moe. But otherwise, nothing really that interesting going on so far, for me at least, in Truro. No, not really. I, I think uh, John Schuster's team is playing maybe a bit better than uh, than expected. They beat uh, Jason Gunlickson, and they beat, uh, who else was in front of them? Matt Dunstone. So Right, and those, beat... those two teams are combined one and five. Yeah, uh, and they lost a pretty close game to Reed Carruthers today. Um, they made a big comeback in the last couple and scored a three in, in the seventh and uh, made Mike McEwen throw quite a, a delicate little tap back on his last uh, for Team Crothers to win. So Team Schuster playing a little better than I think both of us thought they would. Uh, maybe the biggest story on the men's side is uh, Brad Jacobs' team, 0-3. Yeah, that's um, true, yeah. so Not this, playing uh, super well. Yeah, and we've seen this from them so far this season, some disappointing results as they've gone along based on them, right? Like disappointing yeah. for them, right? They get judged on a very different level than other teams because of who they are and what they've accomplished. And it's way too early to say this. So don't anybody <laughs> say that I'm... Don't at me? Like don't at me about this. But they've been together a lot longer than other teams. They have, yeah. And one of the things that you wonder about in this day and age of curling with the amount of time you have to spend together, the the state of the game with teams rearranging all the time, you just wonder if playing together for as long as they've played together is actually sustainable as a team. And just needing a new influx of something to keep you going might actually be required, but we'll see what happens. This is not a reflective no, of anything no. larger than that. And again, it's the first year after, after an Olympic cycle, after a very disappointing Olympic cycle from them. They had a very bad week mm -hmm. at the trials. So we'll see what happens with them. They should have lost the Northern Ontario Provincials last year, if not for a 
frankly, poorly played 10th end yeah. by, well, not just the 10th end, the poorly played the nice last end. couple ends yeah. by Tanner Horgan's team. So we'll see what happens with them. It'll be, it'll be curious to see what happens this year in that Northern Ontario final with Tanner Horgan there. And I did not say it'd be interesting. As I said, I was curious. I was going to say drink. But, <laughs> uh, no, you're right, Sean. The, uh, I think uh, at least two of these guys, maybe three or maybe all of them, have kids now. Uh, so, you know, it's a different phase of life. Yep. That you can't dedicate as much time uh, to being in the gym, although I'm sure they're uh, – pretty close if not to the same if not at the same level as they used to be but uh they're still a great team i i know when ryan fry joined their team it seemed to be that spark that they needed uh, the other guys are all related so they, they've got a bit of more of a familial bond sure uh that can keep a team together longer than uh, maybe another team would but uh yeah i mean this isn't their week to win no. But uh, I'm looking forward to the playoffs uh, for sure. And I'm looking forward to it finally being on Sportsnet. Uh, Tuesday and Wednesday's draws weren't broadcast at all. Right. And I was really itching to watch on the women's side. I wanted to watch that Tracy Flurry Carrie Anderson game, mm-hmm. which unfortunately wasn't available. But I don't think it turned out to be that good a match anyway. No, but let's let's move over to the women's side then. Tracy Flurry, as we record this Thursday night, she's done. She's played all of her games. Uh, just sort of in a quirk of the schedule. She gets Friday off, and she's going to be a very interested observer. She sits at 2-2, two and two, looking mm. to see if she gets into a playoff situation here. Uh, out of all the women's teams, she is the only one who is done at the moment. Uh, sort of curiously there, uh, Anna Hasselberg's only played twice over in Pool A versus Tracy Fleury's four games. Now, if we look at this side of the draw in the women's, Casey Scheidegger, 3-0. Rachel Holman, 3-0. Jennifer Jones, 3-0. They're the only teams that are undefeated going into this event. The only surprise there might be that Anna Hasselberg has lost the game. But you were to tell me at the start of the week that Casey Scheidegger, Jennifer Jones, Rachel Holman are all 3-0 at this point of the week. I'm not going to be shocked. No, not shocked. And and the game that Hasselberg lost was in an extra end to Casey Scheidegger. Right. So, you know, those are a couple of really good teams. I, I saw Team Scheidegger's game today, and they really had control of the game against Jamie Sinclair. They uh, they had control of the ice. They knew what they were doing. They were really calm. I, I, I was super, super impressed. Uh, so, so to me, uh, they look really, really good right now. And will be a tough out in the playoffs for whoever draws them. For sure. And I, I think we're getting to the point now with Casey Scheidegger where I, I can't remember who tweeted this out this week, but somebody did. And I apologize for not remembering who it was, but saying that I think we're past the point where Casey Scheidegger is an underdog at all. We have to mm-hmm. stop sort of looking past this yeah. team when we go into events. And I think it's absolutely fair to say as we approach the new year in the Alberta playdowns that they're the favorite going in. For as much as people might look at someone like yeah. Chelsea Carey, it's really Casey Scheidegger who should be going in there as the favorite. And if you look at, say, this field, three Alberta teams of Casey Scheidegger, Chelsea Carey, and Laura Walker, to these three teams, you got to give the edge to Scheidegger. Oh, big time, Sean, big time. Uh, they're, they're one of the top teams in the country, uh, and there's no doubt about it. They're showing it this weekend. They're playing super well. Yeah, as is. is. Yeah. Oh, this is me. Uh, no go. Yeah. Segue. Nice shot. segue. Well done. Oh, it would have been good. But uh, also, uh, Caitlin Jones, the sponsor's exemption. Yeah. Two and one right now as we speak. 
I know I was down on Jamie Murphy being one and two. It's only a one game difference, but uh, this team they came out hitting hard. They beat previously a seemingly undefeatable uh, team, Kerry Anderson, right, in one of their games. And then who else did they beat in that pool? Uh, they're near they're one of the top teams in the pool there. So, uh, I mean, this is awesome. Like, I think it's so cool that uh, this junior team is able to compete on home soil. Their first Grand Slam event. Absolutely. They come out in their very first game and they win it. And they're they're sort of like, holy cow! Oh, they beat Sylvana Tiranzoni in their yeah. first game. So that's a, those are two good wins for them. Now, if you look at Kerry Anderson, Sylvana Tiranzoni, they're combined as we speak, one and five as well. But but like we it's said, a different one and five than on the men's side with Stefan Wallstead and Glenn Howard, I think. Just the caliber of those two yeah, teams yeah. are a little better. And you could look at Kerry Anderson. There's been a lot of talk about Kerry Anderson so far this year. This past weekend on Sunday, she lost the final of the Canna Dins <laughs> events mm-hmm. to Chelsea Carey. So she played, I believe they set it up with quarter semis finals on Sunday. Uh, or at the very least, she played twice yeah. on Sunday after a long week in, in that event, and then to fly from Manitoba out to Truro. That's a long trip, and to see them at one and two might not be all that surprising given the travel situation that they're in. That being said, they were absolutely 100% the hottest team on tour. Yeah, yeah. And uh, coming in here at one and two, Tiranzoni, similar thing. They were, they've been in Europe, coming back east, excuse me, coming back west uh, to play here. You, you, you never know. What's going on there in well, terms of the body clock, times, all that kind of stuff? Sure, Sean, but tell that to Jennifer Jones and Brad Gushu, who were playing in the China Open on Sunday. Yes. <laughs> and came back to North America. On, I believe they got to Truro on Tuesday and both started playing on Wednesday. So. Yeah, but they were only in China. Having been to China, they were only in China for less than a week, I think. Oh, have you been to China? I've been to China, believe it or not. Yeah, so, uh, you know, but... But it doesn't really matter. It just no, no. You're you're right though. They did play a, a very busy schedule so far all fall, including a busy day on Sunday. Right. Uh, wrapping it up, getting there. So yeah, maybe that's something to do with it. But like you say, they were the hottest team on tour, yes. and for this uh, junior team, Caitlin Jones' team, to come in there and knock them off. It's got to be uh, one of the highlights of the week. Yeah, definitely very impressive for them. And they're looking good for at least the tiebreaker spot as well, you know, going into the weekend. Yeah, for sure. Which might uh, drum up some more interest in there. I saw the crowd shot. It didn't look super busy, but, you know, most of these Grand Slam events, it's they're not, not super, super busy until you get to the weekend. Exactly, yeah. So once you get to the weekend and the games matter a little more, you get the TV cameras in there. Yeah, yeah. Kevin Martin's on site. That's when you really... Get the juices going. People in that Pinty's pub, you know, really yeah. exploring. I kind of wish I was off space. tomorrow. I could uh, stay home and watch curling all day, but I got to make the uh, make the donuts. Got to make the donuts. So uh, otherwise, here on the women's side, Eve Muirhead's zero and three. Disappointing week for them to this point. Again, we've talked a lot about Eve and her injury issues, and they're just sort of getting their feet wet, getting mm-hmm. getting them back into the flow of things after her surgery. So not really anything alarming. With that, if you look at Jamie Sinclair at one and two, perhaps a little disappointing for them. We were really high on them after last year. But overall, I think things are running pretty much to course here on the women's side. 
Yeah, Sean. So uh, looking forward to the weekend. Have you revised any of your picks at all? Or No, you... I am staying true to my picks. Staying true I'm to your picks? I'm not going to change anything with regards to the picks. That's it's... good because I don't remember Yeah, for picks. no other reason than I don't have them written down in front of me. But uh, no, I'm going to stick with the picks that I had. I am a, uh, I'm a loyal guy here and I am not going to make any changes whatsoever. Interesting. I believe I wrote them down on my uh, notes here, but oh, I was actually on my iPad. So right, I yes, only you have did my phone take here. them down. That's why I don't have them. So yeah, we'll keep the picks the same because otherwise we're cheating the system. So let's not. Uh, yeah, we don't want to do that, Sean. No. So uh, so everyone enjoy the Masters this weekend and all the action out there from Truro, Nova Scotia. Let's do a quick recap of what happened last weekend. Here in the National Capital Region, Scott McDonald wins the uh, challenge to curling to get to know. Yeah. Uh, so congratulations to that team. That was a pretty big event, and the, the teams that were there, John Epping was there, actually lost to one of the ice makers from the Ottawa Curling Club, who we've played before. Yes. Uh, Steve Allen. Who has also beaten us pretty bad. <laughs> yes. So, you know, no shame, John. No, no. Uh, Happens to the best. Yeah, so, we'll commiserate uh, over a beer. Yeah, so that was a pretty good event there. You had, I think, Bruce Mowat was in that field. That's right. As well, before he went out to Truro. So for this team to come out of that field, all power to them. They beat Charlie Thomas, who I didn't know this about Charlie Thomas, but he is now playing out of Ontario. That's right, yeah. And uh, so they beat Charlie Thomas in the final there, and that's a really good win for them. No, it's a, it's a great win. Like you said, a pretty good field. A couple Quebec teams there too. Uh, uh, Michel Fournier, uh, Mike, Mike Fournier. Yes. I don't know if he goes by Mike. I'm just making it up. Coming out of the A-side. Uh, he came out the A-side. Uh, Martin Caret, uh, his new team was there. Yep. So uh, Watched him play Mark Holman yeah, on Mark Holman's Sunday, team. I think it was. Watched that game on the YouTube feed. Yeah, from... it was pretty, that was a pretty good game, hey? Yeah, it was very good. Uh, so uh, so congratulations there. On the other side, the, maybe the bigger event on the men's tour was Peter de Cruz winning the event over in Champery. Oh, Champery. 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 Yes, they won the event there uh, over Glenn Muirhead's team in the final, winning 6-5. Mm. They also beat Jot Van Dorp uh, in the semifinal there. Out of the Netherlands. Eh? Out of the, yeah, so the Dutch team. So uh, a pretty good field out there. Stefan Wallstead was in that field mm-hmm. and now in Truro, so a tough travel situation for the Wallstead team. But overall... That was a pretty good event. Not the greatest for TV. I watched some of that on YouTube as well. Uh, Rona was doing the call okay. at a solo booth. She crushed it, as Rona always does. Rona's great. Uh, but it was just in a hockey arena, and they didn't do anything to dress it up <laughs> at all. Oh. So it didn't look the greatest on TV. But uh, a, a good win for the DeCruz squad there over in Champelly. That's right. That's right. And we already talked about the Canadians. We talked about uh, that. This yep. time, the women's field uh, going. We had the men's field two weeks ago. Uh, playing there, and then uh, this weekend the women's and Chelsea Carey, the official team of the Game of Stones podcast, comes out with a big win. Yes, uh, there over Team Anderson, as we previously mentioned. Uh, and I watched Team Carey play a game earlier in the week. I think it was a B side semi or something, uh, and they lost it. And they didn't look like they were playing great. So I was a little surprised to see them put on a, a run later on in the week. I think that was Friday. Maybe I watched. And then, yeah, they, they just sort of got hot at the right time coming out the seaside and and uh, winning that event. So good on them. Good on them to get a, a win under their belts. Uh, 
seems like the momentum hasn't quite carried over to Truro, but uh, they're they're in a tough spot with Rochelle Brown. Uh, congratulations to to her. Had a baby yes uh, last week, so a big congrats there. And so they're subbing in at lead. You know they're trying to shuffle which is the always roster. tough when you're doing that. And I mean they're one and one right now as we record this. Okay, out in Truro, so it's not really all that you can't really take much away from. Okay, I was thinking one it. and two. I guess I I was thinking of another team, but. Anyway, numbers all uh, mixed together, and who knows? So, yeah, good uh, good on them for that weekend. And did we have any other events last weekend, Sean? Nothing major. There's some minor-ish events uh, all over the place. But well, we talked about the China Open a little bit. We talked bit. about the China Open there, uh, sort of a, a fun event there. Nothing, it didn't really seem all that competitive. None of the real top teams in the world were there other than Gushu and Jones, uh, yeah. because we, we were watching a bunch of events from all over the world on the World Curling YouTube channel. A bunch of Chinese teams were overseas At playing events. in a variety of events. So, so the China Open was one team from each country, and there was eight countries, and I don't know why it was happening or how teams got invited or, or anything. Maybe somebody can enlighten us. Somebody can let us know uh, on that. But I think Alina Kovaleva from Russia ended up winning the women's side, and then one of the Chinese teams won the men's event. Okay. So uh, Brad Gushu finished second, and Jennifer Jones third. She lost the semi and, and won the bronze medal game, I guess. So uh, it, did you see any of the video clips? I did not. Being no. Shared? So no. on, on Instagram, uh, Jones team was sharing like video clips from the opening ceremonies, and it was like it was a crazy light show, like dancing music it seemed insane wow <laughs> like a lot of production value okay you, you remember at the olympics of course in 2008 the chinese put on an awesome show yes uh it was it was pyrotechnics everywhere and it sort of reminded me of a mini version of okay of that of the opening ceremony and they will again of course in 2022 they're using the same stadium yes the, the, bird's, the bird's nest, nest. stadium which uh, i had the chance to go to when I was there and I went oh, up you to were the in top, China? <laughs> I went to the top and I looked down and uh, the, every winter they actually convert it from the track. They take, I don't know if they take the track out or if they cover it or what, what, whatever they do with it. And they make it this sort of winter wonderland type thing. They put in hills for people to, oh. uh, to do go some down, do some, uh, no, more of the sledding. A lot of toboggan. Uh, than that. Cool. And I think they put it in an ice rink and everything. Uh, and everything's right there. And, of course, the water cube will be the ice cube where the curling Yes. Will take place, and but these sorts of events—the China Open, the World Curling, uh, the the World Cup—that yeah. we've talked about—a lot of that is being supported by money from China. Mm-hmm. So this quadrennial, I think we'll see a lot of events there in China. Certainly, we'll see test events at the Ice Cube once it gets converted mm-hmm. from the pools. But then you wonder what happens in the fall of 2022. Does China just stop caring? About curling, because obviously this is a push to win a lot mm-hmm. of gold medals, as teams do, as, as countries do when they're hosting. They want to win a bunch. Sure. But afterwards, what happens? We'll have to see. We'll have to see, Sean. I, I might dare say it'll be interesting to see. It would be. It will be interesting to see what happens. Uh, the other event that we should talk about from this weekend, a big congratulations to Team Canada out at the Mixed World Championships oh, yes. playing out west there. A, Don't forget a, that. A no. big win over Team Spain in the final. So a congratulations there. Was that Team Spain, Sean? It wasn't Team Spain? No, it was, but I was just saying. <laughs> I was acting a little bit surprised. Yeah, so uh, I, someone can fact-check this before us, but 
as far as I know, I don't think Spain has ever been in a world final of any uh, curling event. So obviously a great week for the Spanish team. Yeah, no doubt. There, hopefully a step forward for Spanish curling. We always need more curling countries there. So yeah, surprise week and, and... you know, we didn't make picks for this event, but I don't think either of us would have had Spain in the final. I can say that uh, certainly I would not have picked Spain. No. But a uh, hat tip to uh, Team Hong Kong there, too, going 3-4 and four in the week, I believe. Yeah, so, and they had a great uh, start to the week yeah. there. Uh, so Some good wins. Yeah, so congratulations to them again. You know, just keep playing, keep getting out there, and we'll see what happens there. The next stop for Jason and Ling will be the mixed doubles world champions, I assume, and Jason and Link can certainly let us know if we're wrong on that. But we will certainly be following Team Hong Kong in their progress there. Absolutely. Uh, but certainly, yeah, three and four week, nothing to sneeze at for Team Hong Kong. So congratulations to all the players out there at the Mixed Worlds, a relatively new event, first time held in Canada. Mm-hmm. And from all accounts, everybody out west did a very good job in terms of the volunteers and the ice was great. So, mm-hmm. uh, So congratulations to everybody out there. Yeah, Sean, uh, and I think that's all the news we have, right? Yeah, so that's pretty much it. i got to go to sleep. In terms of the scores and all that, the only thing we will also say is, if you have not yet, check out this week's episode of Rocks Across the Pond. They do a deep dive into curling coverage on television Mm -hmm. and what makes good coverage, why Vic Router is the best in the world at it, and what are the strengths of the various broadcast crews. Yeah, yeah, and they have a guest, uh, Miles McNutt, who, when I was, you know, opening the the show to listen to it, I said, oh, I've heard that name before. Where have I heard Miles McNutt? And he he writes for the AV Club, among many other things that he does uh, that is way uh, more important than writing (laughs) dumb reviews of TV shows I like. But, uh, yeah, it's an awesome discussion. Uh, I really, really enjoyed it, so for sure check it out. Yeah, so just a shout-out to the folks at Rocks Across the Pond. Otherwise, do enjoy the weekend at the Masters event, and don't sleep on Jamie Murphy. Yeah, we'll see. So if you have not yet, please do subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, wherever it is you get your podcast. Give us a like and a review. Helps us out in terms of putting us up on the charts and all that fun stuff and spreading word of the show. Also on Twitter, you can follow us Game of Stones Pod as well. Instagram at Game of Stones Pod. There's the Facebook page for Game of Stones. You can like, subscribe, do all that fun stuff. Get all the updates from the show. Scott's on Twitter at Scott Likes TV. I'm at Doctor Shawnee Fever, and we'll be back with our reactions to the Masters when it concludes on Sunday. So until we talk to you then, keep your brooms on the ice and don't dump that intern. <laughs>